0: Welcome to episode 151 of The Observer's Notebook, the official podcast of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. I'm Tim Robertson, the host of the podcast and also the coordinator of the training program within the ALPO. Thanks for downloading and listening. The Association of Lunar and Planetaries collects and analyzes observations of various solar system bodies and associated phenomena, and publishes detailed reports concerning these bodies in its quarterly publication, The Journal of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. Also known as a strolling astronomer. This podcast depends upon you, our listeners, to keep it alive. Enjoy what you hear in the podcast. You can donate to it via Patreon. You can start by giving as little as $1 a month. If you feel even more generous, for $5 you receive early access to the podcast before it goes public. For a motion of $10 you receive a copy of the Novice Observer's Handbook. And for $35 a month, you receive producer credits on the podcast. You can find out more at www.patreon.com. If you'd like to join the ALPO, membership begins at only $18 a year. For more information, you can find us at www.alpo-astronomy.org. And you can also find the ALPO on Facebook. Just search for ALPO Astronomy. And yes, this podcast also has its own Facebook page as well. Just search for Observer's Notebook. And if you enjoy what you hear in the podcast, please subscribe. That way you'll never n- miss another episode. And now, episode 151 of the podcast, and we're talking the eclipses. Enjoy. All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back to this edition of The Observer's Notebook. Uh, This is episode 151, and we're very happy to have with us, again, the uh, Eclipse section coordinator of the AOPO, Keith Spring. Welcome to the podcast, Keith.
1: Hi, Tim. Glad to be back. I think this is my uh, fourth time now on the podcast.
0: You're, You're becoming a regular. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, I must be doing something,
0: right? And there you go. Now you're the eclipse coordinator, so why don't you just give her a little bit of background about yourself uh, before we get into it?
1: All right. Uh, my name is Keith Spring. I am uh, I'm in Jacksonville, Florida. I'm the coordinator for the Alpo Eclipse Section. Um, my background and interests are mostly in lunar eclipses. I've I've done quite a bit of work with those. Um, I started observing lunar eclipses in 2004. Um, this was mostly a fluke event, but <laughs> <laughs> since the uh, first lunar eclipse, I, I can't get enough eclipses. Yeah. And, uh, yep, I'm there going towards is. astrophysics and uh, yeah, okay. having a great time with eclipses.
0: Great. Now, we're, we're specifically going to talk about two, but I want to talk about some future ones in a little bit. But the first eclipse is happening October 25th yes okay yes. tell us about that one
1: well this one goes over um over europe it's a uh, partial solar eclipse so this isn't a lunar eclipse and uh, it's not a total solar eclipse either but it is worth seeing it's an 86 mm. uh, percent partial solar eclipse what's interesting about this is there aren't any other partial solar eclipses for the next eight or 10 years. Um, they're all total solar eclipses or annual solar eclipses.
0: Is that, no, that's that's pretty unusual, isn't it? It is
1: from what I've seen, it's, it's pretty unusual.
0: Hmm.
1: Annual, um, partial solar eclipses do tend to be a little bit less common, but this long stretch with only the one partial solar eclipse is pretty unique. So if, if you're in Europe, um, by all means, please image this. We won't get another one for about 10 years. It happens at exactly 11 o'clock uh, Greenwich Mean Time, GMT. And uh, if you're in Europe, I'm sure you can uh, convert that a little bit. If you're in England, that's uh, the right
0: time then. <laughs> OK, now with, with total eclipses, they have a path that they follow a very narrow path and everything outside that path is partial. So with, with this, is there a path?
1: Um, the partial does have a path, but it's the, it's about as wide as a normal, uh, total solar eclipse partial section. Okay. It's very wide. It goes from the middle of Spain all the way into, into Siberia. Oh my. So, if you're in North Africa, um, Eastern Spain, anywhere in Europe, uh, this should be very visible. Okay. Make sure you use safety glasses for this. Eclipse glasses, it's not a total. It's only 86%, but that 14% will still get your eyes and equipment.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. OK.
1: This is, this is going to be a good one. This should be a good one. Um, yeah. un- unlike totals, partial solar eclipses, you don't have to worry about that few minute a few minutes of timing, you can um, take your time for the hours, a few hours that it's going and uh, try to get some hydrogen alpha images um, in profile shots of with some trees. If that's, I don't, I don't know if that's too possible, but I do I do see pictures of birds or airplanes in front of um, eclipses quite mm-hmm. a bit. Those are always nice.
0: Okay. And you want everybody that is in Europe or whoever is able to observe this eclipse, send you obviously their images or observations.
1: Right. Of course. More data is better. Mm -hmm. Um, I always stand by the uh, idea that every image should be collected. And uh, I need to get with uh, the, the, the online section here and get all the uh, images on the new website that's something oh, yeah. I've, I've been planning to do here
0: yeah I've, we are we are revamping the 1985 website for the <laughs> opera currently and it's oh, yes. I, I i've been involved with a lot of that and it's pretty awesome what we're going to have we're going to drop down menus and all sorts of fun oh, things in it and i've really been looking forward to that yeah so <laughs> I've, I've been asking for it for years and you know, it's an all-volunteer thing, so it's not happening as quickly as everybody wants, but it's it's getting done. It's getting yes. done. Yeah. Yes. Okay, great. And then anything else on the solar eclipse before we move on? Um,
1: send in your images, and uh, I look forward to seeing them.
0: Okay. <laughs> then in November, yes. uh, I think the 7th, we have a total lunar eclipse.
1: Yes. November 7th and 8th is a, a total lunar eclipse. Uh, It's very visible on the um, west coast of the U.S. Yay. Um, (laughs) Not as great for me over here. I'll need to be up at 6 a.m. for this one. But, Um. (laughs) well, I mean, I'm up late anyway. It's Mm -hmm. it's not that much of a stretch. But it's also visible over into um, the bits of Australia and uh, Japan and uh, eastern China. So any observers over there should be able to see it. And uh, it's very visible in the U.S. Um, the in- entirety of the eclipse is visible in uh, California.
0: Good. Yes. <laughs> Good. <laughs> now, the last lunar eclipse we had uh, earlier this year, right? Yes. Um, it was extremely dark.
1: Yes, it was in, very dark. I was our- getting, re- I was getting reports of dangeon 2 Yeah. Um, from me here. Um, I was mostly clouded out, but I did get to uh, use binoculars to observe it. Um, I'd say it was somewhere between a one and a two. It was it was extremely dark. It was yeah. really nice, though. It,
0: it was. was nice. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I had my telescope out and I had cameras set up and I had neighbors walking by and they saw I'm pointing at the sky. What are you looking at? I'm looking at the moon. And they looked up. I don't see the moon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, look see that little black dot over there. Oh my, yeah. that's the moon. Yeah. So it was kind. Of, it's kind yeah. of neat.
1: People always talk about well lunar eclipse is when the moon goes away in the sky. And then then I see um, I hear from people that saw their first lunar eclipse and they're sort of disappointed. They they say, Hey, the moon was still there, it just turned red. <laughs> <laughs> this one though, this was this was pretty close to gone.
0: Yeah, it was. It was pretty close. Yeah, I actually had to keep an eye on it to make sure I knew where it was at. I mean Yes. It was it was wild. Yes,
1: Great. it is very dark. It's a very nice one. And this um, this November 8th one, hopefully, will be pretty dark as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a, an umbral magnitude of 1.35. So it's getting pretty close.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's getting pretty close to center. Okay. And, uh, yeah, for Pacific time, that is uh, exactly uh, 3, 3 o'clock in the morning. Okay. Uh, well... 3 o'clock, 22 seconds, to be more exact, for the uh, greatest (laughs) eclipse. But uh, it keeps track of the the seconds.
0: Right. (laughs) Uh, right. Um, So what type of observations would you like to receive for this total lunar eclipse?
1: As many as you can. And uh, this brings up another topic that I've been working with and that I actually want to write an article about in in the uh, Alpo journal. Don't hold me to that. I'm trying. But... (laughs) (laughs) I want to write an article about um, what kind of equipment is best for different events. And um, lunar eclipses fall in a kind of a gray area, in my opinion, with observing. You need equipment that is simple enough that you can guarantee that it'll work. Because you don't get a chance tomorrow. It's, Mm -hmm. It's there and then it's gone. But at the same time, you also need larger equipment to observe it. And what I generally settle on is, you know, I I have several scopes. I have a large, um, Cassegrain scope, and I have a, you know, apochromatic refractor. Mm-hmm. I try to set up the Cassegrain, but oftentimes, I I don't know if this is just me living in Florida having eighty percent humidity, but <sighs> and it's eighty percent or worse. It's eighty percent at best, but. Right. <laughs> I have had non-stop problems with Cassegrain scopes. And uh, I just it's all because of humidity.
0: In what way? Just focusing in or
1: well, fogging issues. Ah, uh. I for the 2019 eclipse, I took out my Cassegrain and I set it there 4 hours before the the partial part of the eclipse began and it was about it was eight hours six or eight hours before the total part when totality started i still had do on the front of the scope and some on the inside of it and i just i have a, I have a real love hate relationship with my uh, cassegrain scope it's a great scope it's mm-hmm. beautiful when it works but Mm. the fogging is so bad.
0: Luckily out here in Southern California, I've never ever experienced anything like that. We've had some pretty humid days lately too. Well,
1: every lens I have is nitrogen purged and it's for a good
0: reason. Oh, wow. Okay. That's a good idea.
1: You really need it. Yeah. I know uh,
0: with, with lunar eclipses, uh, when I take photographs of them and the nice thing is, you know, they last a long time. They do. You know, you're in totality for, you know, 30 40 minutes sometimes and and what you're not able to do on a total solar eclipse is bracket your exposures right you know it, and that's what I did in this last one because it was so dark i had no clue what my exposure times would be so i took you know three images at you know 1 second 3 at 2 seconds 3 at a half a second and just tried right. to figure out and they all gave me different views of the moon, yeah. too, which was nice to see the variety in that. So that's always something I would recommend someone doing. And I just use a 300-millimeter lens on a yeah. DSLR camera. Yeah. And, you know, you, you don't need magnification. You're not doing observing of the lunar eclipse. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, a lot of people get very zoomed-in images of the lunar eclipse. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people do that. Um, High-power, high-magnification even i've even seen some people taking pictures of individual craters Mm. um during the lunar eclipse and that's that's wonderful Mm -hmm. but i don't see very many in profile shots of Mm -hmm. the uh, lunar eclipse i actually pulled up the picture you sent in here uh getting a nice picture of the lunar eclipse with other stars yeah is very helpful um especially with other objects like trees
0: yeah I I think I have a palm tree and a photograph I sent you
1: uh not sure what that is kind of looks like a I don't know
0: okay (laughs) I don't have it in front of me but yeah okay cool yeah so what else with lunar eclipses before we get on to future
1: all right um also for uh, solar eclipses, I generally lean towards about about a 600-millimeter lens, three 600-millimeter lenses for those are better. They're a lot brighter and easier to observe with DSLRs. Mm-hmm. Winter eclipses are, again, in that gray area where you need to be quick enough and you need to set up simple enough to take a picture of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's going on for a few hours and there are passing clouds, at least for me, <laughs> I need to be able to to come in and out of the house multiple times to, uh, to observe it. Mm-hmm. And that is something I would like to know from all the observers watching down in the comments. If, if you do have those enabled, yep. um, I would like to know how long does it take to set up your viewing system? Um, for normal observing, it takes me a little over an hour cause I make sure I get good calibration of my, uh, My mount, I I get my big scope sometimes several hours because I have to warm up my scope and defog it outside. Um, For lunar observing, I make sure that my setup is under an hour. Um, I do that so that if I need to move location, I can do that. Or if I just Mm -hmm. need to uh, come back inside and then go back out later, I can do that. But for solar eclipses, I try to keep the set up time under 10 minutes five or 10 minutes okay and i do that because you need to move so much
0: right it's true
1: and i guess that brings us on to the uh annual and solar eclipses in uh, 2023 and 2024.
0: Def- definitely yeah, you know, let's, are... let's, let's talk about 2023's annual eclipse yes
1: uh 2023's it- annual eclipse going to be interesting
0: it's and, uh, and just uh, just for clarify, annular doesn't mean it happens every year no <laughs> no it, it's it's like a total solar eclipse the moon and this and the sun appear to be the same diameter and the moon yes. completely covers the sun annular eclipse the moon is smaller than the right. diameter of the sun so you get a ring basically of sunlight around the outside
1: yes um and your, the um in your solar eclipse is on uh, October fourteenth, twenty twenty-three, so a bit over a year, or about a year, I guess, from when this is being released. I guess um, it's it's going to be ninety-five point two percent, and um, you still need um, you still need uh, solar lenses. You still need eclipse glasses to observe this, but all the same rules apply for uh, for the total solar eclipse. Yeah. You want to get to the center line, or at least as close as you can. Um, for me, I'm going to get on um, the interstate 10. and drive up to the interstate and head as far out towards Texas as I can. Okay. I might not be able to make it quite to the center, but I'll get I'll get a uh, decent
0: eclipse. Yeah, I'm I'm day. heading to Albuquerque, New Mexico, okay. and and when I booked the date, everything was really expensive, and I couldn't figure out why. Well, that date is in the middle of the albuquerque balloon festival oh really (laughs) so um, yeah and i've always wanted to go to that so i'm killing two birds at once we're gonna have these balloons in the sky and then a a, a solar eclipse at the same time so now i just gave away my secret where i'm gonna be (laughs) but try booking a hotel now folks because it's gonna be near impossible because that's a major major event in the u.s so you're gonna
1: have a uh an in-profile shot with balloons in the foreground
0: that's my plan (laughs) that's my plan
1: That'd be pretty neat. Yeah. I wonder if you. I wonder if you could get reflections off of the balloons as they're going up in the sky. What? What is a balloon festival anyway? Actually,
0: it's it's hot. It's it's thousands of hot air balloons.
1: Oh, hot air balloons! I was imagining just millions of little balloons. balloons.
0: Oh no, no, no! It's not. Yeah, a bunch of mylar balloons going. No, it's <laughs> it's it's thousands of hot air balloons, and this event goes for like four or five days every year. So
1: oh, that's pretty neat. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty neat. Yeah. Um, being in the center of the uh <laughs> the path would be uh, great. It's not absolutely required for an annual or solar eclipse, but it's it definitely
0: helps. Um Do you okay, can we talk about the path? Where does it start? Some yes. major cities it goes through, type of thing.
1: Yes, it starts in the um central western US and it goes um down pretty much exits like uh bottom of Texas. Then goes over Central America and then over Brazil. Okay. Uh, so if you're if you're in the Midwest of the U.S. or in Central America, it should be pretty decently easy to get to. Um, for me, I'm just going to get on the uh, nearest interstate and head, you know, as far as far over towards I towards the uh, center line as I can get. Okay. As far as I can manage. I don't know if I can make it to the center line, but I'm gonna get pretty close.
0: Okay, I'll, I'll add charts showing the path of the eclipse. That would help uh, in yes. the show, in the show notes too, so everyone can see it. But we will definitely get together again next year,
1: yes. prior
0: to this eclipse, and and yes. have a more in depth conversation about where everything is going to yes. be lining up and stuff.
1: Yes, it's uh, it's pretty tough to explain where a line is going on a globe without mm-hmm. a picture, but mm-hmm. but if, if you put a uh, picture on the screen, that would help a ton. I'll do that. But central U. Central Western U.S. down through the bottom of Texas, across the uh, the uh, Gulf of Mexico, over the Central U.S. and then off over Brazil.
0: Okay. So
1: it's very, uh, very nice. Uh, backwards S shape. Very even, actually.
0: Yeah. Now, how long does the actual annular phase last?
1: actual in your face uh let's see here Uh, A few minutes i believe it's uh how long was this yeah it's about five six minutes okay let's say five or six minutes here okay it's a bit longer than um a total yeah longer than a total
0: because yeah, the moon's passing all the way across and yeah it's okay right yeah i've seen one annular eclipse it was a few years back
1: yeah it's quite a bit longer than a total um i'd say between annular eclipses are generally you know three to ten minutes okay um they're longer but you still need to be ready with your equipment and above all else be ready to move if you really need to because of weather. of Mm -hmm. In uh, 2017, I set up in such a way that I was in a, um, a small town off, off the road, pretty much in the middle of nowhere, but I set it up so that, uh, if I needed to get on the road and had half an hour in either direction, could have gone up into, uh, into the mountains or farther. I was in, um, Tennessee. Okay. So, Yeah, that's a total.
0: That's a total eclipse. That was a uh, the
1: 2017 is a total solar eclipse, but that is one of the main things i I think you should always plan for with uh, solar eclipses is not just where you're going, but where you could go.
0: Yeah, and it's not too late or too early to start planning where you're going to be too. I mean, it's it's uh, from my experiences in the 2017 eclipse, I was up in Oregon. And I paid five hundred dollars for a parking spot in a dirt in a dirt field for a day. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, and hotels in the areas along Totili are, uh, pardon the pun, but astronomical in prices. Yeah, and and a lot of them are booking up now. In fact, yeah. for the twenty twenty four eclipse, oh, uh, yeah. totally totally eclipse, I've already. I'm, I'm I'm an RVer, so I'm camping for that one, and I booked the campsite six months ago. Yeah. And when I booked it, it was $80 a site. And I got friends of mine that just booked it last week and they upped it to $125 a day. Oof, so it's, it, it it's, it's happening already. And that's, yeah. in, that's in Fredericksburg, Texas, where I'll be.
1: Yes. I'm going, um, again, I've, I still haven't, I have several locations. Mm-hmm. I I make plans and backup plans for these. I'm leaning towards Arkansas. Are you? Um, nice. It's a nice central uh, mm-hmm. Area. I should be able to get there pretty easily. Um, weather's decent. <laughs> so uh, that's what I'm planning for. Should good. get a few minutes of the eclipse. Good, good. I, should, I need to get a uh, better lens though for that. A better mm-hmm. lens or maybe a small telescope. And something else I noticed during the 2017 eclipse is autofocus works during the total solar eclipse. And it works during annular eclipses in the partial phase, which I didn't expect. But I was testing that the day before, and while the eclipse started, and it actually helps a lot.
0: Yeah. Um, oh, because you got the sharp edge of the moon cutting right. across the disk. Yeah. Right. So that's something the sh- to focus.
1: You have the sharp edge of the moon on the disk, and even just on a um, an unobscured solar disk. Yeah. Um it, it can still autofocus on that. Okay, and, well. Okay. And I I found that extremely helpful because in the moment when you're trying to observe, there's so much going on. You have this this three five minutes, this very short window of time, mm-hmm. and everything is happening all at once. The last thing you need to worry about is, oh no, I turned my focus ring a millimeter too far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I don't know and in, in my local astronomer community they don't really take too kindly to uh, observing with lenses and the DSLR but I think for solar eclipses with how quickly you need to react mm-hmm. autofocus definitely helps that's
0: true that's true for, okay now we've ju- we've jumped ahead to the total solar eclipse of 2024 you want to tell right, everybody right. when that is and rock me the back I, for that too
1: I did. <laughs> I'm getting a little ahead of myself here, but the uh, total solar eclipse in 2024 20, is on April 8th. Um, goes starts in um, starts in the center of Mexico, goes straight up through the middle of the U.S., straight through Texas, exits out towards Maine, um, straight through America, totality um, the whole way
0: yeah it's i think it goes into montreal too and
1: yes it's a bit up into canada But um i think it goes over prince edwards island mm-hmm. canada yeah i believe it does and it goes off into the ocean
0: yeah this is going to rival the 2017 eclipse and the number of people that are able to see it
1: oh definitely
0: yeah it's Definitely. And plan now, like I said, though, plan now, look, look at the path, figure out where you want to be and, you know, start calling and see if you can get reservations someplace because they are booking right now.
1: Yes. And, um, something I would recommend is try to pick a, a town next to a big town. Try to try to be a little bit off the beaten path that, that worked well for me. And, um, I think if you find a smaller town, something with, like, a bed and breakfast, that's what I did back in 2017. Um, those places tend to fill up a little bit later, mm. but, you know, it's still hard to get,
0: it's, yeah, to get, it's, to get a spot. it's spot. It's- it's hard, yeah. And this this Fredericksburg which is a great little town in Texas. I've never been there, but I've done a lot of research on it since I booked it. And it's there's like eighteen wineries within walking distance, so I, I'll I'll be in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: great. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a nice eclipse. Yeah, and uh, the uh, annual eclipse of October fourteenth, twenty twenty three, and the um total solar eclipse of uh april 8th 2024 they overlap each other in texas yeah yep
0: it's true yeah I so really if, do. if you live i think it's near dallas or something like that yeah it's in that area yeah
1: yep. and uh up solar section uh, richard hill made a nice article about um about the one spot two eclipses hmm. and okay. uh it be worth giving a read. I believe you put it up on the, uh, not sure. I think you put it on the uh, the Twitter for the uh, the uh, solar section. Okay. I'll have I, to thought look. It, I thought it was excellent.
0: Okay. I'll have to look that up.
1: Yeah. Great. And uh, yes.
0: Okay. Yeah. And like, uh, unlike well, lunar eclipses, you don't need any special glasses and things like that. But solar eclipses, you want to wear the protective Yes, glasses and whatever else you need during all the partial phases.
1: Yes, during all the partial phases and the annual eclipse, Mm -hmm. need you need um, solar glasses. But that those brief, you know, four minutes and twenty seconds or so for the uh, April eighth total solar eclipse, um, you can take your glasses off and look at it then. But make sure you put the glasses on quickly. Right. Quick side note, though, on April twentieth. 2023 there's a um hybrid eclipse going over mm, almost over australia Hmm. i find that pretty interesting starts out as an annular turns into a total in the center and then goes back to being an annular eclipse that one might be something interesting if there's anyone over in australia um it's it's mostly a partial if you're in uh if you're in um, the uh, islands above Australia, I'm not sure uh, what all those what all the uh, countries are, but if, if you're near Australia, you're around Australia. You'll definitely get a nice partial phase there, also. On, okay, uh, April twentieth, twenty twenty three. So that's coming up too. It's, it's worth a mention. All right, and uh, yes, I'd like to know what everybody's. Eclipse setups are, and more importantly, how long does it take to set up your, your viewing rig?
0: Okay, that sounds <laughs> yeah. good.
1: Yeah, and if you could move it last minute, because <laughs> I have had to do that.
0: Yes, I, I, I keep my eclipse equipment very light. Yes, it's not you know, because you really don't have to worry about polar aligning or <laughs> things like that. It's just, yeah, the object's bright enough in the sky, you can find it
1: right. I generally just get it tripod for my camera or Mm -hmm. just use an old azimuth mount just anything to give something to lean against but you know yeah trying to polar align in the middle of the day is not easy not it's not
0: easy no no no
1: no. i gave up halfway uh through it the the day before the 2017 total solar eclipse i i was trying i was gonna i was gonna do the polar alignment and the whole you know high-powered eclipse viewing but i tried and I realized there's too many things to go wrong, right? It's just too many mistakes that could happen. And just, you know, one, one little thing going wrong, the motor skipping a step and losing alignment that, you know, the camera coming loose, the focuser moving out. Something could happen. And that always, that always gets to me
0: yeah and there's a number of different ways you can record the eclipse i mean for the twenty seventeen yes. i took a i took a GoPro camera and I put it on top of my car and I just yeah. had it film for yes. twenty minutes and it's pretty cool because it shows the entire it shows the whole horizon changing and everything like that and you can see the shadow coming across and then when the sun comes back out again it's it's an interesting way to experience it and it gives you a real body out of body experience of how yes. what it's like to see an eclipse you know.
1: Exactly, and when I say use simpler equipment, that doesn't mean avoid your big equipment. Mm
0: -hmm. It means
1: also use small equipment. Yeah. So you know, I I take big scopes and little scopes, and um, depending on the day, depending on what's happening, if the large equipment has a failure or something, I have a fallback. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And uh, making plans and backup plans certainly, it's a necessary step for eclipses. You can't you can't get away from it. You need to find a backup location, you need backup equipment, you need backup batteries. I have three batteries for my camera, mm-hmm. just in case. I always keep one charging, one in the camera, and one next to the camera.
0: <laughs> so yeah. Eclipses are those types of events you have to plan for. Right. You have to plan, you have to practice. Right. You, you know? have
1: you have your Galaxy and Nebula observers, you know. Those are there every year. If you miss it this year, you can come back next year. If you miss it today, you can go out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, for those, get your big scope, set up your big scope, take pictures with your big scope. But then you have planetary observing where you have a smaller window, but it's still there. And comets, mm-hmm. of course, mm-hmm. are there, but the meteor showers. You have a smaller window, but it's there for more than a few hours. Right you get down into these eclipses, total lunar eclipses, are, you know, less than two hours normally. And, uh, solar eclipses, the total portion is five minutes or less. Right.
0: And you want to be prepared.
1: You have to be prepared and there's zero room for error for these. And I don't want to say that it's the most difficult kind of observing because every kind of, Astronomy seems to have its own way of being the most difficult. Right, right. <laughs> uh, those exoplanet people with the light curves that they follow. We <laughs> <Leo> won't talk <laughs> about them. <laughs> <laughs> and everything else. Yeah. Planetary observing with the extreme magnifications. It's everything. Every part of astronomy has its own hardest part, mm-hmm. right? Right. And for for um, solar and lunar eclipses, or just eclipses, or this extends out to the Mercury and Venus transits, which I also cover.
0: Uh, now, yeah, not that true. we'll have
1: we we'll have another Mercury transit in 2032,
0: mm.
1: but you know, ten years. Right, We've got ten years for that.
0: Yeah, and <laughs> these are the type of things you have to travel for too. Yes, you yes. know, lunar eclipses not necessarily, but solar eclipses you have to travel.
1: Right. The lunar eclipses, you can see them on the entire dark side of the planet. Yep. Whoever sees the moon. Lunar eclipses are a bit less common than solar eclipses, believe it or not. But more people see the lunar eclipses because, you know, everyone can see a total lunar eclipse on the dark side. Right. So,
0: No special equipment needed. (laughs) Right. And again,
1: I also just noticed this. There are only total lunar eclipses from 2025 to 2032, as far as I can see. Really? That's strange. Huh. Yeah, that's a bit odd. Hmm. Interesting. Wow.
0: Yeah. Well, Keith, you got anything else you want to share before we close this up?
1: Uh, take a lot of pictures. Um, make sure you, you observe. Make sure you report your weather conditions and, how you observed i i see a lot of people observing with you know you get clouds and a lot of people say ah oh, it's not worth it I, I didn't observe anything say what your weather was um say what you were able to see through the the adverse weather conditions and uh yeah make observations try and do the best you can with that okay and uh you know this is the digital age we can take a, a thousand pictures of nothing and I still keep it and it's great
0: that's exactly what i do <laughs>
1: yeah i got i got 900 pictures of the uh, 2017 eclipse yeah and um it was great yeah so just
0: pick the best ones
1: take take a million pictures pick out your favorites write down what you think is important about your your observing conditions what you were trying to do um for example the mercury the last mercury transit that happened I had three airplanes go in front of the sun when I was trying to take pictures uh three airplanes I missed that's, all three that's not them. when
0: you want an airplane in front of the sun <laughs> no
1: it was it was perfect it was Uh-oh. right it was right next to the transit oh okay it was beautiful I saw it through the I saw it through the viewfinder and this <laughs> the, and I, I tried to push the button and I missed it because they're moving so fast uh Oh, it was so beautiful. I got three chances and I missed them.
0: Oh, oh. Let's <laughs> <Well>, keep looking.
1: <laughs> I, I keep trying, you know. I, I see these, you know, the, the space station in front of the eclipse. Oh the yeah, space station in front of... I see this all the time, and I think, oh my gosh, I've seen this with my own eyes, but I yeah. can't get, I can't get lucky enough to get a picture. There you go. It's <laughs> crazy. Uh, yeah, I'm not one of the luckiest people. <laughs> I've been clouded out the last two. Total lunar eclipses here. Oh, wow. Got to see them visually, could not take a picture. Ugh. But, you know, visually observing them is pretty good. That's pretty I good, st- yeah. I still consider that a win. Yep. And, uh, yes, if, if nothing else, get some binoculars and uh, view your eclipses. Get some uh, solar filters for your binoculars so you can see these um, the annual solar eclipses, um, and the uh, partial, partial and the annual. And uh, yeah, have a
0: great time. This sounds good. All right, Keith. I want to thank you for coming on the podcast today.
1: Thank you, Tim. Thanks for having me. And uh, I I would like to come back.
0: (laughs) You will. (laughs) will We'll we'll go in depth. Yeah, we'll go in depth next year and the year after with the new big (laughs) eclipses coming up.
1: Yeah, we have eclipses every six months or so with the eclipse season. Great. So mm, twice a year podcast, however many. (laughs)
0: That works. All right, Keith, thanks a
1: lot. Thanks, Tim. I'm glad to be here.
0: Get out there and observe them. We upload a new episode of The Observer's Notebook on the 1st and 15th of every month. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. If you do, please give us a rating and review us. I'd really appreciate it if you did that. You can also listen to us on Apple Radio, iHeart Radio, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Google Play, Stitcher, Amazon Echo, Spotify, and the podcast is also available on our ALPO YouTube channel. You can help support the podcast by donating to it via Patreon. You can give up to $35 a month where you receive one year's membership to the Alpo and producer credits on the podcast. And with that, I want to thank the producers of this podcast, Steve Sedentop and Michael Moyer for their generous support of the Observer's Notebook. The link for Patreon as well as the link for the Alpo is in the show notes. If you'd like to get a hold of me, my email address is cometman at cometman.net. We'll be over at Twitter at, at ObserversNBPod. Until next time, I hope that you always have clear and steady skies. Thanks for listening.